0: Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Run Recover podcast, helping everyday runners fuel better, run smarter, and recover faster so you can reach your full performance potential. I'm your host, Stephanie Natchek, dietitian, fitness coach, and a fellow runner too. As the owner of Stephanie Natchek Performance Nutrition, I've spent the last 10 years helping runners learn to fuel their bodies, level up their running performance, and establish healthier relationships with food and exercise. If you're ready to reconnect with your love of running, then let's get started on today's episode. welcome to this week's repost of episode. um... Welcome to this week's episode of the fuel run recover podcast where we are revisiting some favorite episodes of listeners from season one, as we get ready to launch season two coming up in January 2024. So this episode was episode 14 of the podcast called. Will intermittent fasting help you get faster? And in this episode, I was so excited to have a chance to break down all things intermittent fasting to help runners understand what intermittent fasting is all about, what some of the claims are around intermittent fasting, uh, why those claims are made by people who will swear up and down that intermittent fasting is the secret sauce to better performance and body composition and weight loss, what the realities are around intermittent fasting, my advice if you do wanna give it a try, and of course, how you can make sure that you are still fueling your body optimally for the sport of running, even if you do decide to include an intermittent fasting strategy. So of course, I hope that you enjoy this episode, either if you're listening to it for the first time, or maybe if you did hear it way, way back when it first dropped and you're checking it out again for the second or maybe even third time, then of course, thank you so much for spending all this time with me listening to this podcast. And I hope that you find it helpful and valuable as you continue your running journey. Without further ado, here is episode 14. Will intermittent fasting help you get faster? Welcome to today's episode where we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting and your running. I want to share with you some of the the sort of proposed or potential upsides of intermittent fasting as a runner, really dig into some of the potential downsides or, or pitfalls and kind of talk a little bit about where the research is at when it comes to whether or not intermittent fasting is something that can be beneficial for your running performance. I also want to share uh, sort of my thoughts as a dietitian and coach on intermittent fasting as a nutrition strategy as a whole, kind of the the complications around intermittent fasting and, you know, just any discussions that we have around it. And maybe if it's something that you really do want to implement into your strategy, how to make it work for you in the best possible way. So before we get into all of that, um, you know, of course, the first thing I want to address is what exactly is intermittent fasting? Because I mean, at this point, it's been a very, very popular dietary strategy for quite a number of years. It's, it's been around for a little while. Most people are somewhat familiar with it or have heard the term before intermittent fasting. But what I really want to define is what exactly it is and what are some of the different ways that we see people Uh, using intermittent fasting or recommending intermittent fasting. And so intermittent fasting is a dietary pattern that limits the timing of your meals. So there's going to be a fasting window and there's going to be an eating window. And so generally speaking, during your eating window, your calories or the foods that you can eat are sometimes not restricted, Or in some cases, they are. So again, depending on on the specifics of what you're doing with intermittent fasting, sometimes there is still a limit on how many calories or what foods you would have during your eating window. Other times, it's really just the only thing we're restricting is when we eat. There are absolutely no restrictions on what we eat. And so you can probably see the appeal of that type of strategy for some people who find it really hard maybe to stick to certain diets that require them to give up certain foods, not eat certain foods. But um, it makes sense as to why intermittent fasting would be popular diets maybe have come and gone, you know, a flash in the pan a little bit quicker. So when we start talking about intermittent fasting as a practice, there are endless ways that we can do this or, or sort of go about this. There are so many different fasting programs out there. And one other thing that I also want to point out in this conversation is that there are huge numbers of people around the world who incorporate fasting into their day, into their, their practices for either religious or cultural, uh, different traditional practices out there. And so that's quite interestingly, where a lot of the research on intermittent fasting, uh, kind of in that real world setting really comes from. And so when you look at sort of the different fasting protocols that are out there, specifically from, you know, a North American perspective, the diet or the weight loss or the the fitness aspect of it, there are, you know, programs that will recommend anything from like a 12 hour fast, uh, maybe 16 hours 20 hours where you're eating just one meal per day. Or we'll also see uh, programs that do a full 24-hour fast, maybe once a week, one day a week, or once a month. There was one a few years ago that was also very popular where I think it was a full 24-hour fast uh, for two days a week, and then you ate maybe normally or semi-normally for five days a week. So again, many, many ways to kind of break this down and and ways that we can sort of divvy up this, this eating window versus this fasting window. And this is what makes discussions and even a lot of the research around intermittent fasting really challenging is that intermittent fasting isn't just one thing, which I would say is the case for a lot of different dietary strategies or a lot of diets that are out there. It's never just one thing. There's always lots of different ways to go about doing things. And, you know, some considerations around how long is the eating window versus the fasting window? Do we limit calories or only have certain foods during the eating window? Are there days of the week where we have no rules or restrictions at all? You know, all of this stuff can make it very muddy to sort of compare uh, whether or not intermittent fasting is something that runners should do. But of course, the first kind of question or the first topic that I want to address is, why would a runner even want to fast? I mean, if if we know so much about the benefits of having a proper fueling strategy uh, here on this podcast, you'll hear me talk a lot about the importance of fueling and especially around when you're training and, and really making sure that you're meeting your energy needs because of the importance of having enough uh, energy available to support your training. And then we bring in this conversation around intermittent fasting, and it can seem like the exact opposite of of everything else that you hear out there in the performance nutrition space, at least from, you know, those of us who are working maybe as professionals in this area. So why would a runner want to fast? And there's a few kind of big reasons. This is probably not an exhaustive list, but when I was sort of thinking about this topic, uh, this, this probably covers a lot of the common reasons that I would hear from most people. Of course, the first big, big one is weight loss. A lot of runners take up the sport of running with a goal of weight loss, and intermittent fasting, as you kind of heard before my thoughts on this, it's seen as a very simple way to achieve our weight loss goals, right? Especially if we don't have to worry about how much we eat, we don't have to really worry about what we eat, all we have to do is just shorten the hours per day that we're eating. This can be very attractive, And so this might be, you know, a 16 hour fasting window and an eight hour eating window. Uh, That person might be eating twice, maybe three times, but probably twice in in an eight hour eating window, or we have like one meal per day fasting. So if you ever see this acronym O-M-A-D, it's one meal a day, and that is a type of intermittent fasting that they do per se, they're, they're not doing this because they're intentionally trying to do intermittent fasting or trying to lose weight or anything like that, but they just have found that it's the only way they know, the, the best way they've found to manage their GI symptoms. So runners with sensitive stomachs who have a lot of GI issues, if they eat before they train, may just choose to avoid it. They may prefer not eating and thereby are you know implementing an intermittent fasting protocol into their day. And then the third reason that a lot of runners might be interested in intermittent fasting has nothing to do with digestive health. It has nothing to do with weight loss, but they're interested in a lot of the claims and benefits that we see out there in regards to long-term health and longevity and being able to slow down some of the aging processes that our bodies go through by incorporating intermittent fasting. So there's a lot of uh, sources out there. Uh, People who promote intermittent fasting as this way to boost cellular health, slow down aging, reduce disease risk. And so for runners who are uh, rather health conscious and, you know, really want to be their healthiest selves, optimize performance, do everything they can to promote that healthy aging and longevity, intermittent fasting may seem like a really great tool to add to to do that. And so those are the main reasons that I see why runners really are drawn to intermittent fasting and, and some of the motivations behind it. And this brings up a really, really important distinction that I want to make here because this is the point that gets lost in so many of these conversations. The same way that there are so many different types of fasting out there, so many different ways that a person can incorporate intermittent fasting into their lifestyle, there is also a huge, huge difference between intermittent fasting and doing a lot of fasted training. So thinking back to the examples that I just shared, the second runner in my examples, the runner who's avoiding, uh, eating before they train, they're doing a lot of fasted training because that's, the best way that they have found to prevent their GI issues. But the other two runners, the runner who is doing intermittent fasting for weight loss and the runner who is doing intermittent fasting for health and longevity, they're not necessarily doing their training while they're fasted. So intermittent fasting is not the same as doing fasted training. Not necessarily. They can be the same thing, but within the realm of intermittent fasting, There's the specific method that you hear referred to sometimes, and and certainly it's used in the research on this topic, called time-restricted feeding, or TRF. And so with time-restricted feeding, this, of course, is talking to the specific hours of the day where somebody eats versus someone fasts. So we would have, you know, kind of two different options here, right? If we have a 16-hour fasting window and an 8-hour eating window... That eight-hour eating window could be at any time throughout the day. Some people will want you to do early time-restricted feeding, where you are eating all of your calories early in the day, so your fast is starting, you know, maybe at mid-afternoon your fast is beginning, and you're fasting until early in the morning, and then you're eating your calories early in the day. Or alternatively, there is something called late-time-restricted feeding, where the same, we have the same eight hour eating window, the same 16 hour fasting window, but instead the calories are eaten later in the day. The fasting starts later and then goes throughout uh, into midday or, or late the next morning. So we're still doing a 16 8 fasting protocol. We're still following a 16 8 fasting window, but the timing of it is different. And this is really important as runners to kind of keep in mind when we're talking about intermittent fasting or we're hearing about intermittent fasting from people who are doing it, that where does their training window line up with their eating window? Because for some people, if they incorporate or implement an intermittent fasting strategy into their day, but their eating window and their training window lines up, then they're not doing fasted training, right? They're not running and doing all of their workouts while they're fasted. But we don't often think about that. And, and a lot of people aren't necessarily incorporating that into their plan of, of how they're going to time their meals. And so then the other runner who maybe hears about intermittent fasting from their friend having some great results with it and, and, you know, Oh, you got to try it. It's so wonderful. Does the same thing. But if those two runners are maybe training at different times of day, that second runner can definitely wind up under fueled. And so... Large volumes of fasted training, we know, does not lead to better performance. It is suboptimal for improving workout quality. It doesn't help to improve body composition. It's really not great for our motivation to train. And we can also uh, really increase our risk of injuries, again, if we're doing a lot of fasted workouts. The other thing that a lot of people can find is that if they are doing a lot of fasted training, they're much hungrier. At other times of day, especially later in the day into the evenings, again, sort of speaking to that, like the um, example of a morning runner, they can find themselves so hungry that then they're overeating later in the day or maybe overeating on the weekends. So we're under fueled when we need the calories. We're not eating enough before we train. We're not getting in the quality nutrition we need before the workout, but then we're overeating later in the day. And sometimes in some situations, maybe not choosing foods that are great fuel for performance. So when I see it in practice, sometimes intermittent fasting can be fine. You know, some people don't have an issue with it. They are fueling up well around their training. They are uh, making sure they're getting in that pre and post nutrition. They're meeting all of their targets. You know, it's it's not um, causing them to be under fueled. It's not causing them any issues. But I don't see that too, too often in real life. In real life, what I often see is a situation where a runner has this disconnect between their eating window and their training window. And so they are doing a lot of fasted training, and then they're really struggling with hunger later in the day, or, or like I said, on the weekends, or, or just at other times a day opposite their training, then they're so hungry that they're eating more than they normally would. So they're intermittent fasting, but they're not seeing any changes with their weight. Their workout quality isn't very good. You know, they're maybe not getting in the miles they need. They're hitting the wall, especially on long run days. And it's just not going well. It's not kind of adding up. And so for the runners that I work with, what we really want to do is start by meeting nutrient targets. So fueling well around our training and then ensuring that over the course of the day, like over that 24 hour period, we're also getting in everything we need, not only just calories, not only just the energy that we need to perform and recover, but also like, are we getting enough protein? Are we getting enough of all the vitamins and minerals that we need throughout the day? Are we getting enough fiber? And If we can say, yes, we are, then the timing of our meals really isn't the most important thing here. But if we're not, because we've limited our eating window, this is where it can be maybe not the healthiest practice, maybe not the thing that we want to keep doing. So... There's a huge difference between intermittent fasting and fasted training. And so if we can kind of navigate that and, and let's say we're like, all right, I'm going to make sure that I'm fueling around my training and I'm not going to do a lot of fasted workouts. I'm going to really focus on proper workout quality and, and making sure I'm getting everything I need there. What would be then some of the potential pros of intermittent fasting as a runner? If you look at some of the places where intermittent fasting is really promoted as a strategy and what their sort of proposed benefits are, there is a very, very long list of things. It means everything from, of course, weight loss, less body fat, um, even people will claim that there are improvements in lean muscle mass with intermittent fasting, of course, appetite control, slowing down cellular aging, uh, better energy levels, you know, all kinds of things. And if you listen to some of these sources talk about intermittent fasting, it can seem like there's really no downside at all. It can seem like it's something that everybody should be incorporating, everybody should be doing. There's absolutely no downside. But we know that uh, that's rarely the case. You know, things are are often really overhyped. And if we look at what does the research really say about intermittent fasting and running, then what you'll find as you sort of dig deeper and, and you sort of look is that there is very, very limited research on intermittent fasting for runners specifically. Most of the highly touted benefits of intermittent fasting, the things that are really promoted out there by some people who are passionate about this, a lot of that research has been done either on like cells, like just on on maybe human cells, but, but just like cells in a Petri dish, or they have been studies done on animal models. And what we know is that research that's done either just on cells or on different animal models does not always translate well or translate directly into humans. It doesn't always translate that well to us. So people who are promoting, um, you know, things like specific fasting protocols, like specific ways that you should be doing intermittent fasting, specific lengths of time you should be fasting for saying that, you know... The 16 hours or the, the 24 hours or whatever is sort of being promoted out there, there is not human research done to back most of those claims up. And so that's where we want to take a lot of, you know, all of this stuff around intermittent fasting, all the claims and the supposed benefits with a very, very large grain of salt, because the research certainly isn't that robust. And also, you know, again, if we're talking specifically about running, there's even less research on the topic out there. And so because we know that low fueling, low energy availability, not getting in enough energy is an absolute performance killer, then we really don't want to do anything that is going to compromise our ability to meet our total energy needs. Because that's the first thing that's going to stop us from really being able to become the best runner that we can be. Now, when we talk about potential downsides of intermittent fasting, the first struggle that a lot of people face is that their training quality really suffers when they're doing their training while fasted. Now, uh, this is, of course... The most common if we're waking up in the morning and trying to go for a run, especially a longer run or a harder workout without any fuel. And a lot of people find that maybe they can make it through their workout while fasted. They may find that they're much hungrier than usual at other times of day, and, and that can really be a struggle. And they're maybe finding themselves not making the most nutritious choices in that situation. So we see a decrease in overall endurance capacity with fasted training. We see a decrease in strength. We see a decrease in recovery. We see an increase in injury risk and overtraining. And so, you know, it's something that I would really encourage you to think about if you've been in this situation where you are doing a lot of fasted running, you know, imagine how much better you might be. Imagine how much uh, better you could perform and how much stronger you might get if you were fueling your training properly. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but I'm runner number two who has all of these GI issues, Um, you know, I can't eat before I run or drink anything before I run because it just upsets my stomach. I'm running to the bathroom. I'm, I'm, you know, getting all of these side effects. And so it just, I can't eat. It doesn't work for me. The good news there is that the GI tract is very adaptable. The GI tract is able to adapt to tolerating food and fluid better when we practice. Now, we have to start small. We have to start slow. You know, we can't just go in and eat a, a bagel and, and drink a big glass of juice before we go for a run if we've never had any practice with that. But the beautiful thing is that you can get better and you can improve your tolerance to food and fluid before and during a run if we just, you know, stick with it, are consistent with incorporating that into our plan. And so that unlocks this whole world of performance nutrition for you, which is so exciting because that means that not only can you now train for longer, train harder, but also consistently see improvements in race outcomes. So when you're running, you're not going to be hitting the wall or really risking GI issues on race day because you're all of a sudden trying to incorporate fuel when you're actually running the marathon but it's something that you haven't really practiced with or trained yet so you're not rolling the dice you're more prepared when race day rolls around and you'll also be amazed at how much your performance benefits from incorporating a proper fueling strategy so i've kind of gone back and forth a little bit today you know talking about how in some situations intermittent fasting can be fine you know it can be something that can work for some individuals And in some situations, I would say a lot of situations, intermittent fasting is something that I don't really see as being beneficial to the average runner. And so, you know, to kind of boil it down and give you my final verdict on intermittent fasting and whether or not you should include it in your plan as a runner, the thing that I want to point out is that you already do. You already do fast overnight while you're sleeping. While you're going without food, you are already fasting for probably 10, maybe even 12 hours a day. Now, to be fair, it's not as long as what some people would recommend or what some people promote. But again, uh, there isn't a lot of research to show what that kind of ideal fasting window is. There certainly is not human data to say that there is a significant enough difference between a 12-hour or a 16-hour fast that you need to do a 16-hour fast Especially if that comes at the sacrifice of the quality of your workout or your recovery after a workout. And so I want you to sort of imagine a scenario for me. Imagine that there's a runner. Maybe this runner is you. You get up and you run in the morning. You don't eat a whole lot during the day. Maybe you have a little bit of of breakfast. Maybe you do have a little bit of fuel either before or after your run. But you're really trying to be mindful of your calories during the day. And then what happens? is you find that as the day goes on, you're getting hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And you find that you're eating most of your calories at night. So you get home from work, perhaps it's four or five o'clock. You are ravenously hungry. You're eating the entire kitchen before dinner, eating dinner, and then you're finding yourself back in the kitchen again at the end of the night, you know, maybe it's a a bag of chips in front of the TV. I mean, I hear that all the time that that's, you know, such a common struggle for people is getting into the snacks and and then, you know, overeating in the evening. So let's say that you decide, you know, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to start intermittent fasting. And so you start, you stop eating after 6 PM. So you cut out the evening snacking. You're no longer eating a bag of chips in front of the TV at night. So now what happens is you actually start getting better quality sleep? You know, you're not going to bed super full. You're not getting maybe indigestion, or you know, you're not tossing and turning all night because your stomach is is digesting and keeping you awake. So you're sleeping better, and then you're waking up and you're actually hungry in the morning. So you're actually eating a little bit more before you go out for that run. So rather than having just well, you know a little bit, but I don't really feel like eating, but I kind of think I have to, or my dietitian said I have to. So you're actually getting in this, you know, good sized pre run meal, you're eating a lot more food earlier in the day before and then maybe after you run. And so because you've incorporated intermittent fasting, your whole kind of energy balance has shifted to be earlier in the day and actually line up really well with the training that you're doing. And so we can we can call this intermittent fasting Or we can just call it a proper fueling strategy for you as a runner. I personally would not put the label on that to say that now we're doing intermittent fasting, even though that may be kind of what piqued your interest, what got you interested in in sort of making that change. And so it's not sort of the fasting that's magic. It's not the fasting that's made a difference here it's that we're no longer eating a whole bunch of like higher fat snack foods that aren't great running fuel later in the day. Instead, we're actually getting in the fuel we need beforehand so we can have a really great quality run. So you're feeling good. You have more energy. You're, you know, maybe not having the same gut issues that you were having for like all these great things are happening. The workouts are good. Maybe you're seeing better results from your training. Body composition is improving all this wonderful stuff, but it's not, you know, we, we don't really need to call it intermittent fasting. You put that label on it. But, um, you know, it's really just about incorporating a fueling strategy that makes more sense for you. And then on the flip side, you can imagine a runner who maybe does a similar thing, except they've decided that their fasting window is going to be maybe from 10 o'clock at night, they're gonna stop eating at 10 and they're gonna fast until like one or two in the afternoon the next day. So they're gonna do this morning fast and they're not gonna incorporate any fuel in the morning before they run. So they incorporate intermittent fasting into their, their lifestyle and they see nothing but bad results. Maybe they have no gas in the tank. They're exhausted. They're so hungry. You know, they're really struggling a lot with motivation and maybe they're getting injured from their running. And so it's definitely not a one size fits all approach. And a lot of times it's really about getting kind of personalized with what do you need to be doing with your nutrition around your training. So, you know, where I operate from in the work that I do with my clients is not to say, here are some hard and fast rules, or here are some restrictions around, around when you eat or what you eat or anything like that. But instead, we want to look really closely at what are you doing as a runner? When are your workouts? What are your workouts consisting of? What's the overall volume of training that you're doing so that we can make sure that our eating strategy, everything from how many calories we need to how many grams of the different macronutrients to micronutrients, all of that stuff, making sure that our nutrition plan lines up with what your training demands are. So we don't want to just be eating by the clock. We don't want to be, uh, you know, forcing ourselves to eat at certain times or not allowing ourselves to eat at other times. We want to get rid of those rules and those restrictions around, you know, having to be following a specific window of, of eating or having to have a certain number of meals per day or anything like that. But instead, we want to look at what are you doing? What are your specific nutrient needs and nutrient goals How can we make sure that we're meeting all of those on a consistent daily basis? And so that's how we want to approach it rather than, you know, taking advice from uh, from people online who maybe don't know you and don't know what your needs and, and your goals are that is how I would look at setting up your day to make sure that you're successful in, in all of your goals, whether it is weight loss, whether it is better performance, whether it is just optimal health and longevity. Those are the things that I want to be doing first and foremost. What I would recommend avoiding would be doing a lot of prolonged fasting. So of course the, the overnight fast while we sleep, that's something that just is, is going to be part of, um, you know, part of our day. If we are getting enough sleep and we're prioritizing sleep, then of course that's going to be, you know, like I said, a solid 10, maybe even 12 hours. What I really would recommend avoiding is doing anything like multi-day fasts, really wouldn't recommend those at all. And especially. Especially I wouldn't recommend doing any sort of training while participating in a multi day fast. So if there if there is a situation, maybe there is, you know, a religious or a cultural reason that this is something that you do, then that would be a time that I would not recommend doing a lot of exercise during those during those days. This is because there are some really negative impacts that we can see from prolonged fasted and doing a lot of fasted training. On lean muscle mass. And not having any fuel on board is gonna make the training way harder than it needs to be, but also we're not gonna get great results from the training either. We can see a loss of lean muscle mass in the process. So, the bottom line with intermittent fasting as a runner is that the research on intermittent fasting is mixed fairly minimal. Um, and a lot of them show only very small changes when it comes to real life things like improvements in body composition. Many, many studies show a detrimental effect on endurance training while fasted. And a lot of the research looking specifically at like aging and and longevity and stuff like that has been done on, you know, cell models, cells in Petri dishes and animal models, which we know does not directly translate all that well to humans or should not be used to kind of guide how we live our lives day to day. So if you really want to optimize your endurance, your strength, your body composition, here's my advice. You want to eat enough to feel the training that you're doing and strategically time your meals around your training. If this is something that you've been really struggling with and and you really need some help with, some guidance with, um, that personalized approach to figuring out what to eat when, how to time your meals around your training and how to improve that relationship that you have with food and exercise, then I am here to help. I would absolutely love to work with you. I have both uh, one-to-one coaching options, as well as an online program. You can get details on both of those by visiting my website. It's www.stephanienachek.com. I will also link to my website there in the show notes, where you can learn more about my different program options and how we can work together thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and found it valuable to give you some new insights, some new direction on intermittent fasting and what it can mean for you as a runner. And I hope you got some good advice about what you can do moving forward to really optimize your fueling for better running. That's all for today. And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye for now. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used or relied upon for the diagnosis or treatment of any health condition. This information does not create a client practitioner relationship and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice.